welcome to the How to Learn Anything course from Plato University, where you're going to learn the science-based tools of pro learners to accelerate your learning, remember more, and master any hard skills. These are the secret techniques they didn't tell you in school. If you're passionate about changing your life with learning, join us at Plato.University to get exclusive content with every lesson. I'm your learning guide, Brandon Stover, and let's get started. All right, we're to the second part of determining our learning plan, and that's determining what to learn. Now, this may seem pretty straightforward, but I'm going to go over a few questions today that you can ask yourself really to drill down specifically what you want to learn and what the scope of your learning project is going to be. Before determining what to learn, we have to assess the things that are driving you to learn these things. And this means really understanding the task at hand. You have to understand what's required of you. When you approach any type of learning, you have to understand the task and how you're going to be using that learning. So understand what's required of you, how you'll be assessed, and the time and resources that you have available for your learning. If you're studying a topic at a company workshop, online, or in college, you may use learning objectives related to the topic to guide you to exactly what you need to learn. If you're preparing for an exam, you might analyze past exams to better understand what kinds of questions you will likely have to answer. Likewise, if you have an instructor or some sort of mentor that's helping you with what you're learning, you can ask them the best way to understand the learning task. If you don't know where to start on a task, that's typically a sign that you haven't understood the task well enough. Once we understand the task at hand, how we'll be using this skill in the future, our next step is to set some goals for ourselves. And as we learned in the last section about motivation, setting goals is a great motivational tool. And what we're going to discuss is three types of goals, long-term goals, milestone goals, and process goals. And what our job is going to be is to break down our goals from the long-term goals down to the process goals. Because long-term goals are the big lofty things we want to accomplish in our life. Where process goals are the things that we're going to do on a day-to-day -day basis, a system that we're going to set ourselves up with in order to achieve those long-term goals. Your long-term goals should be something that excites you and gives you a good feeling whenever you think about it. For example, maybe one day you want to become a doctor, maybe you want to travel the world, or you have that entrepreneurial spirit and want to start a business. You probably have a lot of long-term goals, and a good idea is to write those down, create some sort of picture, or something that's going to remind you and motivate you about those goals. Now, a motivational technique you can use with long-term goals is something called mental contrasting. This means contrasting your life today with how your life will be once your long-term goal is achieved. This contrast between the future and today will energize you to keep working towards your goal. On the flip side of this, you can also use negative contrasting as a motivator. For example, what your life will be like in the future if you don't undertake this learning task. What are the negative consequences of that? And actually visualizing and seeing those and tying them to your long-term goal. Now, one of the problems with only focusing on long-term goals is they're often very large and lofty and you don't know what the first steps are to actually reaching that goal. We can take it to the analogy of climbing a mountain. We see the mountaintop, we see where we want to go, but we don't know how to actually climb yet. We don't know what our first footsteps should be. And this means we need to break down that lofty goal into more manageable chunks that you can work towards and keep yourself motivated along the way. And these are called milestone goals. So your long-term goals should also be supplemented with some near future milestone goals, goals that act as steps on the road to reaching your long-term goal. So if we're in a formal classroom setting, such goals could be reaching a certain grade point average and goals for your individual subjects. 
However, if we're learning on our own, say we're learning how to program, maybe writing a small piece of software is a milestone goal you have to being a fully developed software engineer. Now we can take these goals and break it down even one step further so that we have systems set in place for us to take action on every single day that helps us to reach those bigger goals. So what we're gonna do is turn our milestone goals into process goals, which are actionable goals that say how you are going to reach your milestone goal. So for example, you could say, I'm going to study math for one hour each day. Or maybe you're learning a new language, in which case you could say, I'm gonna learn 10 new words every day. These are examples of process goals. They give you something that becomes a habit and that you're doing every single day, a system set up for yourself. There's no question about what you should be doing every day in order to reach your learning goals. Now, the tried and true piece of advice for setting long-term milestone and process goals is using the SMART method, which means setting goals that are specific, measurable, ambitious, realistic, and time-limited. In other words, you need to be concrete about each goal and ensure that you can measure progress and attainment. Your goal should be a little difficult, but not unreachable, and you have to be able to set a deadline for it. So for example, the goal to do well on something is not a SMART goal because it's not specific, it's really hard to measure if you're doing well, and there's no deadline to it. On the other hand, if you said being able to write a small piece of software in the next month, this can be a SMART milestone goal, just like practicing coding for 60 minutes a day for the next five days can be a SMART process goal. Now you can understand in these two examples of understanding our task and setting our goals, it starts to point us to what we should be learning. For example, I just spoke about if I'm going to write a piece of software, well then I probably need to learn how to code. And if I'm going to be practicing 60 minutes a day, then using resources that are going to help me practice during those 60 minutes is going to help me reach my goal. So our next step in determining what we're going to be learning is answering the question to ourselves of what topic you're going to learn and its approximate scope. Obviously, no learning project can begin unless you figure out what you want to learn. Now, in some cases, this is going to be very obvious. In others, you may need to do further research to identify which skill or knowledge would be most valuable. If your goal is to learn something instrumentally, to start a business, get a promotion, do research for an article, learning what you need to learn is important and will suggest how wide and deep you need to go. I suggest starting with a rather narrow scope, which can expand as you proceed. For example, learning enough Mandarin Chinese to hold a 15-minute conversation on simple topics is a lot more constrained than learning Chinese as a whole, which may include reading, writing, studying history, and so much more associated with the language. And this brings us to our next question, which is asking ourselves, what level of understanding or knowledge do you need? In this example, maybe we're taking a trip to China and we just need enough knowledge to get ourselves around the city. We're not trying to give full-blown speeches or write a book in Chinese, and so we don't need to get as in-depth with the language. Now, learning a language is a really good example to go with this question because they often have things called frequency lists. And these are usually the 500 to 1,000 words that are most frequently used within the language. And if you master these, you could probably have a basic conversation with a native speaker. So by focusing your time on these most frequent words, you can get yourself speaking as quickly as possible. And then once you have these foundational words, you can build on top of it. Now, this doesn't apply only to speaking another language. You can think about the idea of frequency list with any skill that you're learning. For example, if you're learning to code, what are the most frequent types of lines of code that you would be writing? And how do those fit together? You can start learning these basic building blocks so that when you go to code something more complex, you know these very well. The next question you can start asking yourself is how does this overall knowledge field that you want to learn 
How can this information be broken down into basic units of learning so that you can focus on each unit and start to build them together in order to grasp the entire knowledge set? A good way to do this is to write down on a sheet of paper three columns with the headings concepts, facts, and procedures, and then brainstorm all the things you need to learn. Now, obviously, you don't need to get everything because you're probably not going to know all the things you need to learn. So just get out what you can now and you can revise it later. The first column is concepts, and we're going to write down anything that needs to be understood. Concepts are ideas that you need to understand in flexible ways in order for them to be useful. Math and physics, for example, are both subjects that lean heavily towards concepts. In general, if something needs to be understood, not just memorized, put it in the concept column instead of one of the other columns. In the second column, we have facts. Here, you're going to write down anything that needs to be memorized. So basically, facts are anything that it suffices if you can remember them at all. You don't need to understand them too deeply, so long as you can recall them in the right situations. So in an example of learning a language, it's full of facts about vocabulary, pronunciation, and somewhat grammar. The last column is going to be procedures. And these are things that need to be practiced over and over again. Procedures are actions that need to be performed and may not involve much conscious thinking at all. The age-old example for this is learning how to ride a bicycle. This process is almost entirely procedural, involves essentially no facts or concepts. Many other skills are mostly procedural, while others may have a procedural component, yet still have facts to memorize and concepts to understand. Learning new vocabulary in a language requires memorizing facts, but pronunciation requires practice and therefore belongs in the procedure column. Now the next question we're going to ask ourselves is what are the most important things to learn based on my personal goals? This is why we just went over setting up goals for ourselves both long term and during our process. Look back over those goals and start identifying the most important things you need to learn based on those goals. Now there's a couple ways to identify this. We can use something called the Pareto principle or called the 80-20 principle. What is the 20% of the things that we need to learn that's going to get us 80% of the results in the future? This goes back a little bit to those frequency lists. Learning the 20% of words that are going to help us in 80% of the conversations that we have. Or when we're learning to code, what's the 20% of skills I need to learn in coding in order to code 80% of the things I'll code in the future? We can also do something called skill stacking where we're taking skills from different fields and combining them together so that we have a unique set of skills that sets us apart from everyone else. Entrepreneurs do this all the time, where they take things from the technology field and maybe the health field or education and start pairing them together in unique and novel ways. But in order to do this, they need to gain the skills in technology and gain the skills in business and gain the skills in health or education or whatever field they're focusing on. And by stacking these skills together, they create something unique. The other thing you can do is use something called the emphasize exclude technique. So once you've got a rough idea of what your curriculum is going to be, you can start to consider making modifications to it to better fit your learning goals. The emphasize exclude method involves first finding areas of study that align with the goals you identified in the first part of your research. If you're learning French with the idea of going to Paris for two weeks and speaking in shops and restaurants, I would focus a lot more on pronunciation than being able to spell correctly. If you're learning programming solely to make your own app, focus on the inner workings of app development more than the theories of computation. The second part of the emphasize exclude method is to omit or delay elements of your learning plan that don't align with your goals right now. So for example, maybe you really want to get fluent in French, but you're still taking that two week trip to Paris. First, focus on learning how to actually speak the language 
omitting the need to learn how to write the language. But further on down the road, when you really want to become a master of French, you start bringing in those other elements like writing. And this brings us to our last question, which is asking yourself, what is the right order in which to learn this information? So now you've identified a bunch of different things that you need to learn. You've broken the skill down into manageable pieces of information. What is the right order that you should be learning these things to help you reach your goals? And this is why we did things like create process and milestone goals, because they're going to show you which order you should be stacking things in order to reach those goals. So for example, if you're launching a startup, it's probably better to learn things like product development and how to talk to customers before you learn how to fundraise or run a 20-person team. You just haven't reached those stages yet, so you don't need the knowledge yet. This can be thought of as just-in-time learning. What's the stuff that you need to learn right now in order to reach your goals? As you start crossing off those goals, you can start bringing in the other elements that you need to learn at those steps. And this helps to make sure that the things you're learning are directly applied rather than learning them and then using them 20 years down the road. So our activity today is pretty simple. Use the techniques that we just spoke about and determine what you're going to learn. Break down the skill into the pieces of information that you need to learn, stack them in the correct order, and make sure that they align with your goals. Thank you for taking the How to Learn Anything course. To get everything you need to become a pro learner, including advanced resources, personal coaching, and a community of passionate learners just like you, then visit plato.university slash courses slash learning and join us for free. Again, that's plato.university slash courses slash learning. This course was produced by Plato University, where students turn passions into purpose and learn skills to change the world. Learn more at plato.university.